0: Hello, everyone. This episode of Talk and Pop for the Cultured is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you are a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster like ourselves looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you only want to check out Poddex.com. That's Poddex.com. Make sure to use that promo code TALKPOP, T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex is the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or simply to gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. That is poddex.com. Make sure to use that promo code TALKPOP, T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. Now, let's get on to the show. Sponsorship for the podcast. It's brought to you by ExpressVPN.
1: ExpressVPN, you're probably wondering, what is a VPN? Before we get into that, just to let you know, especially if you want to watch culture content and you figure your ISP is not going to find out what you're doing or your family members aren't knowing what they're doing, you think incognito mode is going to save you? Guess what? It's not going to save you. That's where ExpressVPN comes in. ExpressVPN is a virtual private network, a VPN can create a secure tunnel between your device and internet. It pretty much means it hides your information from hackers, your ISP, and the government. Pretty much, especially if you try to go to a public Wi-Fi, if you did not have ExpressVPN, this is what happens. A hacker can connect to that same unencrypted Wi-Fi network and can steal your personal information. By having ExpressVPN, it'll help encrypt your internet connection using the highest standards of encryption currently available. It will take a hacker with a superior billions of years to crack. That means when you're traveling, as long as you have ExpressVPN, you turn it on, if you got to use a public Wi-Fi at an airport, hotel, coffee shop, by having that, you are perfectly secured. So why I love to use ExpressVPN is because for the podcast, especially a pop culture section one like ourselves, I want to study content. And unfortunately, my streaming service for example, Netflix has certain content that's geoblocked. For example, I want to see Studio Ghibli on Netflix. Unfortunately, Netflix USA does not carry it. Lucky for me, I have ExpressVPN. All I have to do is click on ExpressVPN on my laptop, switch my location from where I'm living at, which is in the U.S., to Toronto, Canada, type in Spirit Away, refresh, refresh my browser, type in Spirit Away, and voila! Now I get access to the movie Spirit Away, but I also get access to Studio Ghibli's all library on Netflix. It doesn't work just on Netflix, and works on many streaming services as well, so that way you can enjoy content that's usually blocked by geolocation. So pretty much, ExpressVPN, what makes it the best? Well, ExpressVPN offers the fastest speeds. ExpressVPN invested only in premium servers, making them consistently faster than our VPN provider. 24 seven customer support. Live chat means your questions will be answered within seconds, not hours. It's easy to use. You can use it on your smartphone, your laptop, your tablet, your game console, your smart TV to protect your stuff because you're not knowing, if not having a VPN, you know what happens? Pretty much your ISP service provider pretty much can sell your data to advertisers, government officials, and companies. So by having a VPN, they put a stop by encrypting all your data and hiding your location. And guess what? For right now, for listeners and viewers of Talk and Pop for the Culture, you can get three months for free, a free trial of three months by clicking on expressvpn.com slash talkpop. That's expressvpn Talk Pop. You click on there, you get three months for free for trying out ExpressVPN. And guess what? They're the number one top rated VPN provider, rated number one by CNET, the Verge, Wire, Tech Radar, and many more. Also rated 9.5 out of 10 based on 3,131 reviews on Trust Fund. I enjoy ExpressVPN and you guys should enjoy it as well. Just make sure to click on the link in the description below, which is expressvpn.com slash talk pop to save yourself three months for free. That's a three month, three months free trial. And you can look at the prices and it works in a plan just for you. So go ahead, enjoy ExpressVPN just as much as
0: I enjoy ExpressVPN. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show.
1: Fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries, welcome to our edition of Talking Pop for the Culture, a pop culture-centric podcast with two brothers, one straight, one bi. Talk about stuff in pop culture news, anime, television, video games, and more. I am your host, Stefan Chies. Of course, joining me is my co-host, Biko.
2: Hello.
1: Um, now that we decided to make the big decision, you guys follow us on Twitter at PopCult85, we decided to make a decision to make a bi-weekly podcast, meaning you're going to get us like twice a month. The reason we're doing that is because of work schedules and, like, availability to record. So, I mean, we're going to give you as much as best content that we can offer on a bi-weekly basis. There's so much stuff going on. Uh, It's For me, like in terms of anime, there's so much anime coming out, especially with the summer season starting. It's, like, hard for me to catch up. I'm, like, watching Sailor Moon right now. (laughs) I'm literally watching Sailor Moon right now. I'm very like Sailor Moon S, the third season, because I'm trying to run that whole series, because I got, like... Seven shows on my anime list. And the problem is they're all, like, long-running shows. I had, like, 200 episodes. One's Dragon Ball Z, of course. I'm watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Because if you guys don't recall, the creator of the manga, Yu-Gi-Oh! Passed away last weekend due to an accident while snorkeling outside a shore of Okinawa. It was a snorkeling accident. And they determined he died. His autopsy came back. And they reported he died from drowning. So... It's a big loss in the community when it comes to, like, the anime community because uh, he did the manga. I know he has some design with the anime itself. And, of course, he did design most of the cards, all the monsters on the trading card get game as well. So, hopefully, you guys remember Yu-Gi-Oh! I started watching the anime again. I remember seeing the 4Kids version by watching the sub version, which is much better. So, I'm, like, in episode, like, 15 or 16 right now where they're still in that dual island, you know. Kaiba's there. He's trying to fight. Uh, he's trying to get there so he can defeat Pegasus. The biggest is trying to take his company and stuff. Um, And that... And also, too, is I went to Fan Expo Chicago last weekend. It's the first Fan Expo since they formerly bought Wizard World. And it was weird because... As opposed to going to ASIN where you had to wear masks for everything. It was all spread out. I felt this was... They decided to make masks not mandatory. And the horror stories I read from Anime Expo how... According to people that were operating Artist sally Fanec- and and Anime Expo in California, they're saying the conditions were so bad because no one would Even though they were forcing masks, they weren't really enforcing it. And Artist sally said they were, it was so crowded and the CO two levels were deemed not that high, were deemed all time high. Um, here was Fan Expo Chicago. was was a lot of people because I went on a Saturday. I only went for one day because I'm like, yeah, I can't do all four days. Um, I went there just. Basically, just like autographs and just walk around, check everything out because it's fan expo, it's the first one they're having in Chicago. Like I said, it's a pop culture, so it's not just anime, but it's like you know, movies, television, video games. So, not that many anime cosplays. I think I was like one of the few Deku's that were there for My Hero Academia. There was a lot of like, um, mostly like Sunset so Anarchy, okay, and a lot of Demon Slayer, it's because based on the talent that was going to be there. Um, of Lord of the Rings. I saw some Gandalfs. <laughs> that was kind of cool. Um, we had all the four Hobbits of there. Like Dominic Monahan, Billy Boyd, Sean Astin, Elijah were, were there because they're they were doing like I guess Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd were doing a podcast, recording a podcast episode the day before. But they were gonna have like a reunion panel, with all four of them. Like a reunion with all four of them. Um, Chrissy Carlson Romano was there. Will Fredell were there. Um, one of the actors from um, Susan Arki was there too as well. Um, some video game voice actors like Troy Baker, who people forget he used to do anime, but now he's been doing video games. Um, guy who did Master Chief was there. And of course, um, as opposed to anime, there was a lot of, uh, mostly the anime talent that were there were the four actors from, uh, dub actors from Demon Slayer, and then the four actors from My Hero Academia. And Sean Schimel was there, representing Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> representing Dragon Francis Goku. For me, I decided, the four people, like, I... Three people, four people I got to, three people mostly I went to go see was David Matsunega, who's known as Todoroki, Shoto Todoroki from My Hero Academia. Monica Rial, who does Bulma, but also does Suyu Asui from My Hero um, from My Hero Academia. And of course, the legendary Christopher Sabat, who does Vegeta, Piccolo, Yamcha, all my Major Louise Armstrong. A whole list of characters I don't want to get to the bottom of. Um, that was the first thing I did, was I went straight to the autograph lines. Because the dudes, the people's staff were really chill. They are really chill, very informative. Like, the guy's, like, really chill. He's, like, the, don't worry, like, guy. he's a really nice guy. He's down to earth, you know. He's a really nice guy. Um, And... He's like he'll be here on ten fifteen. I'm like cool. I was like the fifth person line. Of course, they have like people that pay like VIP. They get preference in certain lines and stuff too. So they have like you know they got a shelf round. but they're real cool. Like the staff was really cool about it. I I, I wasn't there, you know. And the more thinking, I was there. I was patient, you know. It was awesome. I had my All Might Funko Pop that my buddy Mondo gave me for I think it was like birthday one year. It was one of those like variant Funkos, the Silver Age All Might. I was gonna sign that, <laughs> and I ended up getting a a quote and a selfie with him. And it was funny because I had a selfie stick and he loved it so much. He's like, here, let me... I was wearing... I was cosplaying as Deku, so they were all waiting there. He comes shuffling, like, between us. And we're like, this person's trying to cut us in line. It's him. He's literally walking through the crowd. He's like... Then he sees me. He's like, excuse me, young Midori. I'm I'm like, what the... I'm like, that's funny as hell. And everyone's like, what the heck? There was like a what the heck moment. And then we come up there. No, he was really cool. Um, and he, I told him, whatever quote you want to put on, and he was cool, he did it in red, white, and blue, too. Because all my, even though all my from Japan, but he was inspired by USA because he did, like, um, study abroad there. That's why all his attacks are named after states. And he wrote the, in marker, like, red, white, and blue. And he put my name, you know, young, blank, you know, I am here. He in and he signed it, and then I said, I got a selfie. He's like, cool. And he's like... He's like, hey, you want me to, can I hold a selfie stick? Sure. And we started taking like five or six selfies. I saw I seen Biko. I'm like, Biko loves Vegeta. So I'm like, here, Vegeta loves my selfie stick and it's so cool. Then they were so nice. I went to see my Sh she was real sweet and everything. She liked that I came prepared with a selfie stick and
0: <laughs> oh,
1: that's good. they they like it. They like taking pictures with the fans. You know, they they're they having fun, you know, they all had fun. You know, it was cool seeing them. I mean the shops there was a lot of shops, but I felt it was they didn't spread out as much. It's like they occupied one space, and they gave the artist alley not much of a big space. They gave him like, one corner. But it was mostly the with alley. Yeah, the independent artist was a lot of, like, comic book artists there, too, as well. I Greg Capullo was there. Joe Quesada from Marvel was there. Greg Capullo, who does Batman. so I think one of my buddies from work went to get his three figures that Greg Capullo designed that they made. He got those signed by him. Um, there was really good, like comic book artists there. I mean, it wasn't a lot of artists, there. very few compared to ASIN. Um I just wish they would have spread out more, but it was really run organized. It was just a lot of people.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't stay too long. I think I was there for like three hours, because I felt, because not many people wore masks. And it was getting warm. It was like... <sighs> was it?
2: Uh, like in a stadium?
1: No, I was in a Rosemark Convention Center, dude. It just oh. it was in the same area where ASIN was, yeah. but I felt they didn't utilize the whole space, like, dude, just one part. And I think they'll use, like, one part of the second floor for some panels and one part of second, like, the first floor for panels. So it wasn't as spread out as, like, if you compare it to, like, C2E2 or um, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, but it wasn't bad. You know, I went for, like, the audience. I ended up finding this one figure that I was trying to find. I missed out on ASIN the first day I was there. I didn't get in. Then I looked for it and the last day was gone. I found um, a Figma art by Max Factory. It's a... Jeanne Arc from Fade Grand Order of course Jeanne d'Arc she's inspired by Joan of Arc oh. she's a saber um, and it's cool because it comes with a, her her banner and it's a banner but also like a lance and she's got her sword she has different multiple changes faces it's kind of cool because that was a hundred bucks but hey that, that's something I missed out when I went to Ace and I was looking to find there and I pick up some manga of course you know that manga there they like buy two year one free so it's kind of cool um, got some decals as well well, around the shops, there was a good variety of shops. Um, like there was people selling Pokemon cards, a lot of comic book shops as well. A lot of traders. A lot of traders, yeah, and um, people evaluating like comic books, mm-hmm. like people bringing to oh, see how so much. You
2: can, they can sell them?
1: Yeah, and they had like people selling like, I guess there were selling variant covers with the blank pages, so if the artists were there; they can draw the, on the cover for you. Oh sweet! Yes. Yeah, it was like, it was kind of cool. Don't the there was like few people that didn't show up that you know like dropped out at the last minute. Um, Justin Briner, who plays Gumidori was there. I was looking forward to get his thing signed, but he dropped out last minute. Um, I believe Dante Vasco dropped out. At least, he, oh, yeah, he
2: dropped
1: out. I think he's dropping out C2E2 because I think he's filming a movie. I think he's filming a film right now. I think he's on Twitter saying he's filming a film, so he had to go back and do some reshot reshoots. Yeah. So that's what's going on. And I think because you know with these. And then was just a I think, because a lot of these animated voice actors, that have, they got called in to record. Since they do these sessions separately, that's probably what happened. By called in and had to go ahead and record. Some does was probably involved. Other than that, it wasn't too bad. Um, it was like more kids for this one. It was a good mixture. Um, but I had fun. I mean, it was great. I just walked. around. I didn't look at panels. I was just more just walking around and checking it out because it's the Did first. They have panels? Yeah, panels. But I just wanted to walk around. I only went just to walk around and, you know, and check out the merch and stuff and get the autographs I wanted to get and just check out the sites, you know. Uh, maybe next year, I'd go more deeper into that. No,
2: I mean, Well, it's a different convention.
1: It's a different convention, yeah. And if...
2: And if... If ASIN was probably... Probably had more vendors and sponsorships and partnerships, then we'll this one's Fan Expo, so it's... I don't, know, I don't know how long they've been around, but to get someone like the guy who does Vegeta, I feel like it's that's now small cookies to get him to come out like so they, there's there's the potential that it's gonna get more people you know to do these things and Rosemont's you know a pretty big place to be in as far as having conventions, so I think it's good for the brand so i I can't imagine them having like I can only see the 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 con like the convention get bigger and better. I
1: think because this is the first one in Chicago under that yeah. brand because it used to be called Wizard World. Remember, we went to yeah. Wizard World like few years like back. So it's but now, what this is the first one released under the Fan Expo banner. So,
2: but they've always been, they like you said, they the weird management of like regulations and this one being even with COVID. But like even before COVID, they had a hard time like trying to like it was always so hard to move in there because there's so many people and like they don't. I think they did a bad job of keeping the capacity at times, and so like. When there's a lot of people at conventions, it's hard to move around properly. Yeah, and It's just, like, it, it gets uncomfortable because, like, you want to shop the mm-hmm. booths. You want to check out things patiently while you're there, but you can't because there's, like, so many people that get in the way. And other people want to see stuff, too. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's hard to it's, it's hard hard to hard. consider it. It's like, hard. I
1: wanted to film in there, but it was kind of hard, dude. I couldn't even stay still just to get, like, shots because people were bumping into me. I wanted to record stuff for the Patreon. I just couldn't because it, it was hard. I mean, at least I got the selfies with the people that were there, so it was kind of cool. Um, with the, uh, I got the autographs, but they a good combos, like autograph and selfie combo. That was kind of cool. But yeah, I think with something like that, yeah, that's something the convention need to look at. It's more like capacity-wise. But I think with C2 coming next month, that's supposed to be a vaccinated required event or a negative COVID test event. So you have to show proof that you're vaccinated or have a negative COVID test. So I think that's what it is, just to probably to limit the capacity at the same time, control it just a little bit. Cause I've been just keeping up on the website and they haven't anything. but the mask mandate. the only thing they just said that make sure you have your digital or physical copy of your like your vaccine card, and they'll give you like a wristband say so yeah you're vaccinated oh really? yeah, but they'll, they'll accept negative quote tests within that time frame as well, but they'll have like COVID testing available on site but that they have to go to a separate room to check in. So, they're trying to somewhat control it just a little bit. I'm just curious. It how much the convention sells when it comes to capacity, because sometimes they have to give it to the retailers. So, usually, being like C2E2, like C2, they have to give it to the local comic book stores. They're going to usually give them, like, a certain amount of passes they can sell. Yeah. And it's, it's, all, it's all determined by the organization that runs the convention, determining how much how many, like, you know, passes they're going to sell. And they got to work with the city. they got to work with the... Who well, owns my Place places, obviously the city. you gotta work in see how many they have. gotta work with the fire marshal. Make sure, you know, it's not all the way up to capacity.
2: Yeah, they just gotta grease a lot of hands.
1: hmm
2: Here. Especially here. They just slap on made up made up fees that you have to pay or made up fa- like made up permit restrictions that you gotta do and pay. So it's just like that's always messy and C two E two's been around for a long time, so it's just I feel like at they're at this point, their brand is at a point where people want to sell their, you know, mm-hmm. like they get a big enough haul that to miss C2E2 as either an entertainer, a nostalgic entertainer or like you could say even like YouTube personalities coming and bringing up building their brand or people who are fans who want to buy a bunch of shit from their favorite thing that they consume like c 2 is the best place to do that, and it's you got panels galore. You got it's
1: more spread out, and I like it. it's yeah, more it's spread just, out. It's There's a lot more better. space. Yeah. They, just, they, they don't get me wrong. Bad. I'm not knocking on Rosemont. Rosemont is mm-hmm. good in this some points, but meaning that place is big. I'm surprised they didn't like expand it. But well,
2: like you said, I think they, with
1: COVID, nice. they just didn't want to expand it so much because they wanted to keep it controlled. I think that's what it is. I think probably by next year with COVID being less Pie by next year with COVID being less strenuous, they'll Pie spread it out as much as they can. Not just one floor, maybe it will put two floors, who knows. And they'll, they'll be able to spread it. I think, too, is on how many people they have volunteers to this conventions. because normally they're volunteers. I don't know if they get paid for it. Man. I'm assuming they get paid for it, but <sighs> just that they dedicate their time to do that.
2: Those are some troopers. To volunteer for these things, dude? Yeah. Oh, my God. No. You, you have to pay me. You have <laughs> to pay me to, to work these conventions. I'm sorry. Like, I'll power the people who volunteer at these things, but there's a big difference. I'd rather volunteer at like a show, but even then, like that's a big that's a big if. But like volunteering at a convention, oh god, that's just so much shit. And like you said, it was already hard enough regulating people, just trying to ask them to put a mask on. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like wrangling people and like trying to get them through a line and making sure nobody acts up. It's just there's a lot more I guess stress. And then you're getting you're volunteering to put yourself in these things, so uh, I give those people credit. But that's, like, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot to sacrifice on a weekend. <laughs> Dealing yeah. with your but then maybe there's perks, right? I guess those people get to meet their, the celebrities and stuff if they get to, like, help with their booths and things. So there are perks. Yeah. But, oh, it's gotta be guaranteed.
1: So, I know, Biko, that you recently went to a concert.
2: Uh, yeah, we went to see Halsey for their, um, I'm not a woman, I'm a God tour album tour rollout and uh it was exciting it was the show the show was probably one of the best shows i've seen in a long time um especially as someone who has has listened to halsey for a number of years now but uh isn't that that top fan you can say but like i've always loved the music and to see that, to see this album get played out in live, and to see the energy that Halsey brings to their shows, and it's just, like, and this one's different just because I like, uh, Trent Reznor produced Halsey's recent album, so it was, it was really cool to see, like, two of those worlds kind of mesh together, and it worked out so well, and it's, um, to see the live show get put out at the, at the Hollywood Amphitheater, and that place, I think it's, it's not an easy place to perform at just because you have to do a lot. And the venue, the venues at Q6 cater to that if you use it wisely. And I think Halsey did a like a f- fantastic job just being everywhere on that stage, involving everyone, keeping the, the flow of the show, just moving. It was a two-hour-plus show, and it f- went by like that. So... Mind you, we got there a little later because there were uh, feature acts and, and openers, but like we don't really listen to them like that. So mm-hmm. uh, we went, we took our time to check out the merch, and there was a, it was a good turnout. There was tons of people there, so it was, um, it was really interesting to see because I've never been there outside of a festival, mm-hmm. and to see us uh, to be there for an artist's tour date. Essentially, it was a. Uh, comparing those two experiences it had about the same amount of people Mm -hmm. so it was cool to see a lot of like what Halsey has done over the years um and how much the music has impacted people's lives and like to see that turn out and it's a a various amount of ages of people it's not even like it's not it's not even just a, a young fan base and like you see them grow up with Halsey so it's like you see a mixture of that and as well as younger people that are getting into this music and maybe the album helped. And I think Halsey, what they do best is just being able to like y- touch different types of music styles and then puts their amazing voice on it. And then it just explodes from there. And so to get that in like live form, it was just fucking, it was cool.
1: Was it like, um, crowd control, was not much better as opposed to, you know, things that happened to Asterold?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's well. Those those are two different types of events. But I'm saying yeah, just yeah. This overall, I think it was fine. Energy of the crowd was good. Um, it, it, I think there was just so many people that worked Tinley, uh, like the 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 theater there. Like that, it's hard. It's a it's a big space. Mm-hmm. So I think they have so many people there that watch it fairly well. That like it didn't seem like people were getting too out of control um I mean and there was alcohol right it was just you had access to alcohol food all that stuff there but like I don't know it seemed like people were in pretty good spirits for it being a Saturday and it was kind of hot but man I just think like once while Halsey went on it was just I don't know it just became a movie at that point so it didn't really matter but even in the, even in the beginning, there was still a lot of people stick show, watching the feature act, you know, walking the grounds. But yeah, comparing it, like I, I'm sure, like festival festival like promoters and, and like staff that have to work these events are gonna get better at organizing these things and being more cautious and how having large group sizes can affect your control on these on these environments, but. I think going to these shows, it does help because then like you, I don't know if there's, if there's anything the pandemic showed that like, if you watch the live stream shows, it's way different than getting the live show. There's just no comparison. Mm-hmm. And, uh, seeing this, it just, it was nice to see, It was nice to see. It was a good show and shows that are two hours long, but it makes it feel like it doesn't, doesn't go that long. It's just, that's, that's when I feel like, you know, it's a really great show. And uh, honestly, I wish Halsey did a two-night, but <laughs> it's okay. We got one, and, and she said it was her favorite spot on the tour, hands down, already. So, best show on, on the tour. So, it it was cool. It was really dope. Um, all in all, it was it was definitely needed. Um, I mean, it's not like ASIN or, or like Fan Expo, but I think from an outsiders point of view it was really cool to see a lot of people who really um become passionate about halsey and really show it. Jesus, the amount of people who were dancing and singing literally every lyric. It was wild. The I don't know who was screaming more, Halsey or the fans, I don't know at a point. So it was just it was intense. But um yeah I don't know. I, yeah, I wish I wish uh, they did a two day tour here.
1: In Chicago. Yeah, going back to FedEx, well, I think I had the same thing too. To rely, like, I don't know, just waiting in the line to get in. It was really cool. I had to actually actually in, like almost a like half an hour early on on Saturday, which is actually kind of weird. Usually, what some just say, you have to go in at you know at that time. And that's, I think I think that I had the same thing too. It was a good mixture of you know people my age, young kids, you know young adults. It was the same thing. It was a good mixture, a good you know mix as well. Like, a lot of older people than me were there, you know, it it was a good mixture, I would say. Well, it was fun. Like, I, I, what, one day. It was three days?
2: Was it two? was four days, dude. It was, I like. Think it was four days? Yeah. Oh, no.
1: I don't know how people do four days. I, yeah. I thought I learned from Mason, like, doing three days. I'm, like, I would say it's, I mean, that I would definitely go for three days, because it's but something like C two E two or you know something like that, yeah, one day would be enough for me. <laughs> um, yeah, something like that. Like yeah, it, it becomes the point was like yeah, if something like if another like pop culture go for like three days, will probably be San Diego Comic Con. But I know that's always the hardest. Yeah. Again, like, I think it's coming this following this weekend or the following weekend. They're doing uh, San Diego Comic Con, so we'll see how hard that goes. when It comes to terms to so, like you know crowd control and the panels and all that. And then I'm just looking right now. <laughs> I'm just going on the computer right now. They're, um, doing some things, um, being nominated for, I guess, the Prime e- Emmys. Yeah. I just saw right now, Chipmendale's Rescue Rangers, the is getting, was nominated, uh, Phil was nominated for Outstanding Television Movie Emmy. It will compete against, um, Ray Donovan, Reno 911, *The Hunter Canaan, The <laughs> Survivor, and Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a funny movie. I'd say, because there's a television movie, it's kind of because, you know, they made, the way they made that movie is, like, Chippendale's, as soon as, like, the, the cartoon is actually a TV show, so I consider that being, like, a TV movie-esque type of thing. I
2: guess yeah.
1: The way they did it, but, I mean, it was fine. I mean, it was, it's hilarious, unless you grew up watching Dale Rescue Rangers in the 90s. Um, and then I saw that Marvel's Loki is nominated for... Got about six Emmys nominated right now. Let me see nominations for Outstanding Production Design for a Narrative Period or Fantasy Program, Outstanding Cinematography for a Single Camera Series, Outstanding Fantasy Sci Fi Costumes, Outstanding Music Composition for a Series Dramatic Scene Score, Outstanding Original Main Title Theme Music, and Outstanding Silent Editing for a comp for a comedy or drama series. So shit.
2: That's and
1: then Loki will be up for <laughs> outstanding oh, <looks> <laughs> fantasy sci-fi costumes of our Marvel series. Moon Knight has also been nominated for that as well. Wow. So Marvel's actually chipping up to get. And I just saw this thing. You know how Indiana Jones would come back for Indiana Jones Five? Yeah. Apparently, one writer that wrote uh, that worked on Indiana Jones Four was not happy with the alien thing
2: oh Um, my god that movie nobody was happy with the movie in general in their point point pointing the alien thing that was the best part about that movie because i already knew this movie was a terrible idea and then they had to throw the alien shit in it and i was like you know what it's just fine it's fine this is the thing the only thing that made sense about this whole movie uh but anyway sorry (laughs)
1: go
2: um it's fucking uh, i know it was so uh okay.
1: Yeah, apparently, um, in an interview with Scripted Apart podcast, Christmas Skull screenwriter David Kapp said that he was never happy to have aliens in the 14th and Judd movie for Dr. Steven Spielberg, co-creator George Lucas, who curled the story with Jeff Davidson. He said, and he, and he quotes, When I came on, I tried giving Spielberg and Lucas to change it. I had this other idea. They didn't want to change it. The rest Park Square said, I'm not saying mine would have been better, but I think that a lot of the pushback to the movie guy is a larger sense of Cypher little things people might have not liked. That were too silly or whatever. Large one was that fan said, we don't feel like aliens should have been in Indiana Jones movie.
2: I mean, yeah, because like, right, he's centered around finding ancient artifacts. So it's kind of, it's a hard sell to get aliens into it. But aren't they always talking in, in popular, you know, I guess, like... Popular conspiracy theory, how like yeah, I think uh, always messing with relics and stuff. Soon. Yeah, because
1: I think what it was it's is not too far off. Yeah, because I think what happened was Lucas did not have a script, like a pre-script in the nineties. He did write a script for a precursor. He did develop Angels for as a cold warrior, Indiana Jones and the Saucerman Man from Mars. Yeah. But I guess they they changed it up and decided to go with like crystal skulls. Yeah. Because it was inspired by those skulls they found like in... So,
2: let me get this straight. This guy is complaining that he wasn't able to tell the two executive producers of this movie who made the other ones what to do on their movie.
1: They just felt that Heavy Man's was not a good idea to go with.
2: Right, and but I'm saying this guy is mad that they didn't take his idea. Yeah. And this guy's mad that he came in... They asked him to work on a, a movie. And he's like, hey, why don't you try this? They said, nah but you can still work in the movie and he's mad about it and they didn't listen to him. Yeah. Okay. That's how I make sure. Like, I get it. The movie still sucked. Like, it doesn't matter. And like, That's what I mean. Like, he's mad about it. Like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have added the aliens. I was like, that's not the, that was the least problem in the movie. There was other shit that was wrong with it. But it's fine.
1: It's so much I fun. had
2: fun watching it. It's <laughs> just, just, Like, it was fine. I think we went to the movies to see that.
1: Yeah, we went too. to the theater to see God, that movie. God damn
2: it. You see? He was like, oh, fuck it. And, then, and then, no one's complaining of the fact they're making another one. Yeah. That's the problem here. But hey. Yeah,
1: they're working on a fifth one.
2: Oh, Harrison. Harrison. What are you doing, dude? Just stop. Just retire already, man. What, like, what else does he need to do? He needs to be like 75?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then Squid Game makes Enemies History with 2022 nominations. So Squid got nominated as well.
0: Oh, nice. um,
1: it says here it's the first non-English language series to ever be nominated for me. It's competing against, uh, for best drama. It's competing against Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Stranger Things, Yellow Jackets, a succession for best drama series. So what do you think of the odds of Squid Game? Um. Winning. A, competing to those other shows. I like compared to those other shows. It
2: probably might win.
1: Because it was a big hit last year.
2: Oh no! Uh, it, look, I after it,
1: like after so many years of that thing being developed, like that guy who created it took ten years to finally for that guy's vision to become reality. You know, now. yeah, and
2: he got a lot of no's. I I mean, I I want to see them win. Maybe they will. They should. I did notice that all those all those things that got nominated outside the AMC, uh, pro, uh, which we better call Saul, all all those are all on streaming services. So it's kind of interesting to see those getting played out and in, in holding the category nominations as opposed to traditional cable. Just like examples. just how, yeah, like cable uh, I saw better that. called Saul, but that's, it's better called Saul. So it's like, it's not, it's not a, a lightweight in its own regard either. So uh, it was cool to see that. A lot of great shows on there. I've never seen Secession. All I hear people talking about it, that it's just Game of Thrones, but with rich people just talking, like rich people trying to get each other for their inheritance. At the main, at the most part. But, like, Squid Game's great. I don't know. I, I I wanted
1: to win, but I don't know if it will. I just don't know if it will. And speaking of Saw, this is something I saw that was on um, Breaking on, on, uh, it's on The Guardian, and I just want right now on the site. Um, Albuquerque, Mexico, you know, where the setting of the show, Breaking yeah. Bad took place. They're going to erect statues of Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. Oh, and where? the creator is funding it as well.
2: Well,
1: where at though? No. It says here, New City, Albuquerque, Arplanoville. Bronze statues honoring the two main characters, Breaking Bad, the popular show, by chemistry diagnosed with cancer, and starts to distribute crystal meth with a former student, secures family's financial the future. Um, they were commissioned by the show's creator, Vince Gillian, as a way to give something back to Albuquerque. quarantine used to release in the city's government. So I'm sure it's gotta be by their city hall or something. And then apparently, it says, over the course of 15 years, two shows and one movie, Albuquerque has been wonderful to us. Um, they are making a, sh- a movie too. El Camino, that's what it's called. Remember, they got the two shows in their movie, El Camino? Yeah, yeah, they already had that. Yeah. So and that says here, apparently. Well, Vince said, over the course of 15 years, two shows, one movie, Albuquerque has been wonderful to us. So, um, It says there, not everyone celebrated and uses the statues. On Twitter, users criticized and erect statues commemorating fictional drug dealers who <laughs> committed murders to protect the business in the city with a notorious of drug trafficking, high rates of daily overdoses. Um, one of the tweets was, they're erecting statues and honor of characters who are meth dealers, addicts, and murderers, and seen known for rampant meth addiction and drug problems. WTF is, is going on, going on in the world. Now you said the show had amazing performances. It was still amusing to see such beloved um, math makers get this tribute. Yeah. And it was going to be a review on July 29th at the Albuquerque Convention Center. There will schedule a 10. The ceremony include Mayor Tim Keller... Gillian himself, the series who main actors Brian Cranston, who plays White, Aaron Paul, plays Pigman, and is a producer Peter Gold. Which I still gotta finish. Breaking Bad, dude. I know I suck. I still gotta finish that show and watch Bear Call Salt and El Camino. I'm like, there's, there's so much stuff I gotta watch, dude. And like, I just right now I saw on on Netflix right now because I just turned on my laptop. You know, I got Netflix on the laptop. Thanks, Abiko. Um, I kept getting a notification. New anime called Bastards on there. It's an anime called Bastard. It's literally it's an manga. But it's really like a adult esque type of manga. It's on Netflix, and I just saw they at released like the first like thing they call it cores when it's like first part. And now I gotta watch that. And then the big thing that's going on, on Twitter, like on TikTok right now too, is I guess the Dragon Ball fan film. What? Animated fan film, um, was actually <laughs> done by one of the animators who worked on Castlevania. Because someone's like been posting clips from it. It looks freaking badass for being a bad fan film. I definitely need to check that out if you want to check it out on YouTube. It's uh the Legend. I think it's called the Uzi Legend. Well, like that. What do you think of that, dude? <laughs> Just the making statues of fictional characters yeah. in Albuquerque.
2: Done it before, with Rocky. I I don't. I get I get the people's arguing against it, the sentiment. I, I get it. What it symbolizes and all that stuff. Um, it's not. The first time that they haven't erected statues in other places for fictional characters. Towns do it all the time. Like, I don't... It's funny that, like, yeah, people remember about but on Twitter. And it's just, like, maybe you'll get some protests there when they do the ceremony and stuff. I, like, I guess... I don't know, I I understand, but, you know, as far as the Albuquerque, New Mexico goes, like... You know, it's nice to see that there's people who are happy that it kind of brings some notoriety to the, to the, the city. And for what it's worth, the guy who made the show is funding in itself, too. So and, and he felt like a major connector to the city, and it gave people jobs, I'm sure. So at the end of the day, like, people could be mad, but, I mean, the show resonated in, in American culture heavily, and... and God, I love Bryan Cranston. I don't know. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to, yeah, I, I understand why those people feel that way, but it's a fucking statue. Maybe it'll get taken down later in 50 years when we, <laughs> like when they realize any any shows on drug dealers is a bad move. Who knows? You know, that can change. But, like, I don't know. I think it's cool for them. They're going to get a statue. and who, These things that always end up looking weird anyways. So, I don't know. I think it's cool. Maybe, maybe
1: giving it a reason to go to Albuquerque, check it out. And then um, one thing I saw for like um, anime, um, short, uh, for anime short, for animated short, Star Wars Visions, one of the, the shorts from the Star Wars Visions, definitely check it out on Disney Plus. It's um, basically it's done by this different um, Japanese animation studios that make these stories, these anthology series within the Star Wars universe. Um, they just got an Emmy nomination um, for the duel. It's called Shorter Duel, but definitely check it out, dude. It's on Disney Plus. Um, I forgot which one did that one. I think it was Studio Trigger that worked on it. Oh, no, this, this is the good one. This is actually done by. Um, this was um, Japan Animator Expo Studio that made this one. It's called The Duel. It was written by Kamise- Kamikaze Doga. Masaki Tarasoma is the voice of the Ronin. And it, basically, what it did is it. They Ronan, he was a former Jedi and he has like a, like his katana's like a lightsaber, dude. It's got almost like an old ass like Japanese thing. It's in the set in the Star Wars universe. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's like the old like black and white style animation, dude. But definitely that's why I got nominated. Um The Waltz received a nomination for outstanding achievement and Sonic And they did announce that Star Wars Visions is coming back for another like anthology. I think next year. It's supposed to come out next year. They didn't announce like Disney didn't announce that. During the Star Wars celebration. Which I still got to finish Obi-Wan. And I'm actually liking Obi-Wan so far.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: little so interesting. It's like one of the... The way the, the, just the story is. It's like... You know... It's like similar to a cop where... It's a former retired cop. Something happens and it's like... It has that whole esque of a... Like a retired cop. Who used to be this great guy. Gets dragged into something because of a friend.
2: Yeah.
1: So I kind of like this. is like the same... Kind of ask you know how Mandalorians a western.
2: So it's this
1: one's similar to that. It's similar to that style, like, you know, this guy I'm done, you know, I'm not the same guy anymore. Gets
2: pulled in for one last
1: one job. One last one last job, basically. He
2: ended up being more than he thought
1: it would be. Yeah. The, oh. <laughs> and then I found this is the most ridiculous news I saw right now. This is the headline it says the Pokemon company is gonna produce an unscripted series involving the Pokemon trading card game.
2: No, stop. No, it's all like that. <laughs> Stop.
1: I don't know the whole thing with po- yeah. Here's the actual post. Oh.
2: <laughs>
1: Look, at this, this is a post right here. This is a casting. This is a casting headline. I'll read it to you. The Pokemon Company International is currently searching for energetic personable candidates of all ages and their families for exciting new opportunity. Whether you are trying to learn the Pokemon trading card game to connect with your loved ones, hone your TCG skills and get to the next level. Are you already a competitive player? We would like to hear how a Pokemon TCG expert can help you currently casting in the greater Los Angeles and surrounding area.
2: Oh my God. No way, dude.
1: I think the reason why they're doing this is because either with the whole People following people just opening Pokemon cards has become a
2: thing. Yeah. They want to capitalize on people being into Pokemon again. Yeah. Oh. But, like, who's that? I guess I'm sure people are doing that at game shops and stuff. Pokemon battles, right? Trade card battles and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But like, I don't know. To what extent is that actually happening that they gotta get a reality show out of it? <laughs> like, Magic the Cavern's been played for years. I don't see them getting a show. That's pretty bogus. Yeah. little yellow mouse rolls wrong. <laughs> Gets all the people. Hey, much. you're just a Pikachu dude. <laughs> nah, I'm just saying. It's kind of messed up. Like, these people play that game for years. But hey. Wow. But it's only in LA and the surrounding areas that they're casting. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Only people in California. Uh,. I know, they should have just be
1: another movie. And then I just saw that, I remember I told you like months back about that, um, animated, um, that one, one time animated, um, Super Mario Bros. film, the animated one, that was an anime studio one. Yeah. That was lost and then like the a fan actually found a copy and actually upscaled it to 4K. Apparently, um, the guys who worked on it, the guy who worked on it, looks like they're actually doing a... A fandom of it. Oh, okay. And here's the article about it um, Megan Peters from combo.com writes um, After his recent uh, restoration in 4K, Super so Birds, a great mission to rescue Princess Peach as he's English dub. The peak comes from a Mario Radio Show on Twitter as the page is helping dubbed anime throwback into English. You can see a simple scene shown in this one Luigi. The birds are working on their usual gigs until a strange customer turns their lives upside down. For a long time, we will be dubbing English for fans to enjoy. Of course, we, ha- we have the crew at Koneko Video to think with the project. The group announced it was making a 4K version of the anime classic after a 60mm copy was released on YouTube in 2021. These releases marked the first time the Super Mario Bros. movie could be seen outside Japan as the movie was not released globally. With no home videos scanned, the Nintendo film came to light by chance for surviving theatrical reel was found in storage, and now Mario's getting the dub he always deserves. Um, as the film itself, you can still watch the Japanese dub feature on YouTube right now. Looks like Nintendo has not, you know,
2: checking
1: it down. Was a kind of figured it seemed that fans want to see it, and it's something they never plan on, you know, releasing outside the US? Because I wasn't aware of it. Mm. And the way it looks, it looks really decent for the animation. I just don't know what studio worked on it, but looks like they did put it on Twitter like a little clip of how, it, how it's going to sound. So hopefully, we'll see how it goes. I know the Mario film got pushed back to next year. The one that um Illumination Studios and and Nintendo are working on the animated Man, one.
2: That's gonna still be weird.
1: Did you see this thing that's going on in the theater, Special Illumination? Did you hear this thing going on with the theaters kicking out people dressed in suits? For what? The minions, the Rise of Groove?
2: Why are they kicking people out? I don't know. I
1: seen this on Twitter, on TikTok, it's like it's like, oh what are we gonna see? And then it's like
2: minions?
1: And then you see the guys wearing suits. I'm like, I don't know, it was a trend that started, but apparently it's been the whole <laughs> This Gru wears a suit, I guess. He's a kid, but he wears a suit. That's pretty funny. I don't know who started the trend, but... Let me see. Minions.
2: Some kid probably want to see Minions.
1: Suit. There we go. Suit band. This is... I don't know if it's a meme, or... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's like, I saw a TikTok, I was like... you know how the whole TikTok thing, like... What movie are you here for? And then, like... yeah. So you know the Thor, like, what the to do with the dresses bro Thor? I'm like, why? I don't know if they're doing that on purpose or if people are just idiots.
2: Well, I mean, like, people
1: who dress up for money Oh, here we go. This is like, Video shows off minion fans are sneaking suits into theaters amid tread ban. It's from Newsweek. Despite movie theaters across the world igniting a war on suits when it comes to minions, the rise of the group as a consequence of a bizarre internet trend, teams have been circling in sneaky ways to get around. One group of teens had gone viral on land to manage to disguise their suits under tracksuits and extremely late to take part in the trend in the bands. The trend, dubbed Gentle Minions by fans of the school franchise, sees group of teens attend the movie in formal, formal wear and even smoking cigars. It's a trend that certain TikTok users use the millions as a document their iconic love for the movie, which started as a meme pre release of the film on July 1st. So, i tried trying to get it over line. It's not so supporting in person. Various movie theaters have right bans right bans on wearing formal wear to see the movie. Movie theaters claim that teens have shown this behavior while taking part in a times even going to throw objects on the screen up upsetting on their customers. Oh,
2: okay, so...
1: I can see why.
2: All right. That's a little...
1: Great. Well, apparently these people, these teens were smart to decide where tracks is and then as soon as they... Yeah. Got to the theater, they pretty much.
2: Which is clever. Clever on them. I mean, who, who... Saw that one coming, come on.
1: The gentleman is when I stopped.
2: <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, but throwing shit at the screen and, and making noise and stuff during the movie is another is another issue. Because then you're just being annoying yeah. while watching the movie. So like, the suits have nothing to do with this. Just people acting up is different. Like, what the hell? But way to go. Now people can't wear suits to go to the movie. Like... They were, the I mean, track I understand that the, was, like, started off, I guess you would say innocent, got ruined. I think got by ruined. By a couple people
1: acting up. Which I mean, I know many people, I understand people that go dress up to theaters, especially for, like, Thor and stuff, or, like, Marvel. Yeah. I know some theaters don't like the idea, because I think, because the whole, people don't realize the thing that happened, like, you know, all those years ago, The Dark Knight. Guy dressed like Yeah, Oregon, it's a SWAT weird, team. man.
2: Yeah. That's why know,
1: some some places yeah. don't allow for people to cosplay and go to theaters theater, because they're afraid something's gonna happen. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. I mean, it's... You, they ha- it's a, an unfortunate thing here that we have to always take into, into consideration when you have to be in a place full of public in the public for a certain amount of time it sucks but I guess that's just another example of people ruin things uh, a good thing can be ruined by people mm-hmm. with bad ideas but I don't know that sucks yeah. I'm sure the movie's funny
1: yeah, I seen traders stuff. It looks like really funny. Yeah. It's pretty minions, dude. Oh, you hear about uh, apparently. Um, did you hear about the whole Twitter and Elon Musk? How supposed he was gonna buy it, and they were so pissed on them now, and Musk is dropping out of the deal. No,
2: really?
1: And apparently, Twitter itself is thinking of ban- um, suing Elon Musk. According to IGN, it says here. Here's the headline: it says what? it's official. Twitter is suing Elon Musk to complete the deal. And then Musk responded to it. All the irony, LOL. This is what happens. This is, Twitter. this is from Kat Bailey from IGN. And she writes, Twitter is following through on its promise of CEO and Musk filing suit against the billionaire CEO of Tesla, SpaceX, and Billboard Court. Twitter says it wants Musk to follow through the deal and to be enjoined from further breaches in order to comply with the application or towards satisfying the few closing conditions in order to close upon satisfaction of those conditions. This gaining complaint calls Musk a model of a model of bad faith, it claims that he is attempting to pass along the costs of the recent stock market downturn to stockholders. Twitter also dismissed Musk's claim that the social media giant failed to comply with its part of the agreement as pretext of lacking merit. says here, Having mounted a public vertical to put Twitter in play and have proposed and then signed a seller-friendly merger agreement, Musk apparently believes that he, unlike any other parties of the Delaware contract law, is free to change his mind, trash the company, disrupt its operations, destroy stockholder value, and walk away in lawsuit reads. That's where you know, Musk you know tweeted saying all well, the irony, right? It says the lawsuit follows Twitter chairman Brett Taylor's bothers to Musk saying that the company is confident with prevailing court Musk first far as claimed that Twitter is obfuscating the true number of spam bots and fake council supports. Uh, Musk first made I'm reading the Guys, uh, Musk first made a 44 billion dollar offer to buy Twitter back in April. He seemed to feel buyers remorse immediately after the deal was accepted, claiming that Twitter was failing to fill his obligations and claiming the company was in a breach of contract. Twitter, for his part, moves steadily ahead with the deal, and the AMC recommended the stockholders vote in favor of the merger. So we're seeking a four-day trial September deadline, October twenty-fourth for the deal that you get completed. So, what's your thoughts on that whole thing with Twitter and shit? Oh uh, <laughs> I don't
2: I, think I, it's weird. It's all weird. Um, it seems like the PR is working for both of them now it's working in both their favors they both look very terrible in this fucking whatever this deal is mm-hmm. um, and it's very weird that they're gonna do a lawsuit where it's been pretty all this shit has been very public and it's very odd and I don't understand the context of when he says oh the irony I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak like I know about it but mm-hmm. um, it so what you said the deal was started in April. And then moved with conditions, trying to met by both parties. He's they were saying it's ironic because he asked them to like prove and post actual numbers of bots, and yeah. they refused to do that. Yeah, so they forgot to the
1: really- share information. That's what he wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And, right. Yeah,
1: Just the whole agreement was. They were supposed to provide him with the information showing what yeah. the majority of what the accounts were. Are they verified accounts or are most of them going to be bots? Yeah, I got to
2: see the books. I'm buying the shit from you. I got yeah. to see it at all. And if yeah.
1: he feels that Twitter's not fulfilling their in the bargain, they're breaching their contract. Which
2: they technically weren't, I guess.
1: And he decided, you know what? Since yeah. you're not fulfilling your end of the I'm going to drop on now. It's not the shareholders, they're fo- it's Twitter itself. Yeah, they're it's they're forcing the shareholders to vote in favor of it. Yeah. They're pushing them as well. because. That's what it is. Well,
2: they're pushing them. putting the
1: pressure. Market. They're trying to put the squeeze uh-huh. on them. They're trying that's to put the squeeze not. on them. That's basically what it is. They're trying to put the squeeze on them.
2: It's a, but okay, yeah. They'll put the squeeze on them, and then it's funny that like they now they're at they want to sue him because he didn't didn't they they didn't fulfill their end of the bargain, and yeah, okay, that's 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 fucking <laughs> that's ironic. Uh, I think it's all it's all weird. I'm just speaking on this because I don't use Twitter like that often at all, which is weird because um, for the most part, it seems to be a big a big social media platform of people's choice, preference, um, and if you see a lot of people with influence use it, it seems like there's a lot of... I can see why Elon Musk wants to be on there. I can see why he wants to change certain things so the platform can be... Use in a different way, in a um, more legitimate
1: way, basically. Sure,
2: but that everyone has different de- definitions of that, and I'm not going to pretend like I, like I, that I'm going to be the person who's going to tell you what it should be in Twitter because I don't use it, so I, I can't speak on how it is. Yeah. But it all matters on how you use it, right? So, mm-hmm. and what you want to take in, and what you use Twitter for. At the end of the day, people use it for so many different things, and it is important. It is valuable to everyday life yeah um and musk trying to buy it and them not fulfilling that and the bargain for them and then them complaining about it that he could be a polarizing figure that can ruin the brand and all this stuff but in hindsight they're ruining their own brand and what they're doing now and it's just it's it's so strange it's so strange to me that it's all happening like this but Mm -hmm. here we are and it's playing out. Um, I see I see them getting the deal done, but I think Twitter, like you said, they are trying to lever they're trying to get the shareholders to leverage their power in their pockets. And it seems like the shareholders don't wanna do that, so the board is they're stuck, like Twitter as the organization and the people who lead that are stuck in a bind where it's like, Well, we gotta sell him but we wanna we don't wanna fulfill his conditions, but the board is saying, Well we, you're urgent well, we want. It seems like we want to go ahead with the deal. So it's just like a lot of people who don't want to play fair. And it's. It is. I get it. It's a business. It's a. It's a big thing that they're trying to turn the keys to over to. And it's to Musk. So feel how you want to feel about them, but it is something to look at because symbolically it is fucking weird. It's dude. It is weird. Mm-hmm. Just look back how long we've been alive, and we're seeing how like a lot of these tech guys are very influential and we don't know these people and from us trying to be the cool bro on the internet and people loving the memes and, and the stuff he said on twitter hey dude be fans of that but like he's still a person at the end of the day who has done some pretty bad shit and he has a lot of power and it's just fucking weird I'm just saying, just don't don't make these people out to be your bro and your friend just because you like what they do on the internet. Yeah. Because these people are like he, it, he's trying to buy Twitter. Like, just think about that for a second. What the fuck, dude? Jack Dorsey founded this thing. He doesn't even want anything to do with it. So just think about that for a second. Like, for this guy who want who has a life, to, it seems like he likes it a lot. That he gets to do whatever he wants. He wants to buy a social media platform? That's that's uh I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they were Microsoft it's trying to crazy, buy it. It was
1: same like they were Microsoft trying to buy TikTok. It's that too. And <laughs> that never went and through. And
2: who leads Microsoft? Behind closed doors, who leads Microsoft?
1: It's not Bill Gates. Right. It's SC Bunk.
2: It's Gilmates. <laughs> I don't know who it is, but for what it's worth, like, it, it's very strange we're in, in, in this time where we have a guy trying to buy Twitter. And, yeah. And here we are. And,
1: and he doesn't want it anymore, and it's like all of a sudden it's like...
2: Yeah, and it'll be the talk of the town for the next couple of weeks, and they're going to shit talk Elon Musk, and then we're going to get podcasts out about the deal that never was. Like, what, what, as far as a media thing, it's going to be... It's going to get people talking even more about it. And, but, like, it's fucking... I stand by it. I think it's weird. It's just all very weird, but... I don't know. I just hope. I I don't know. Maybe I'll use Twitter more, <laughs> just to see, just to see why, like, just to understand, like, what's what it is. Cause like, I don't know. When you introduced me to it, it was great. Or like when you showed me, I I right away I had the Bulls, right away, <laughs> and uh oh, I can't remember what else.
1: Dude, I've been Twitter, right. I think I've been Twitter for like 11 fun. years now.
2: Yeah. And it's like... <sighs> there's just a lot of things, right? There's yeah, just there's just a lot of things. things I mean, just a
1: lot of shit to get into, yeah. So but cool. other than that, um, before we wrap up, any programs you recommend our listeners oh, yeah, to right? check out?
2: Um, there's this, um, any documentary for people out there, Netflix, put just put one out called uh, The Girl in the Picture. Fuck, man. You need to watch that, too. It just kept getting more fucked up. Yeah, it's one of those classic... As you watch watch it, you're just kind of like, man, I hope it's not leading to this, and you're like, oh, fuck. And it just continues that. But it's not in a bad way, because I really feel like it's a story people do need to know about. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just strikingly... It's so recent. It's fairly recent. So it's just like... It's kind of... It's pretty insane. It's 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 definitely a, an adventure. Um, and Netflix, as far as their problems are going, they're still killing it on the documentary end of things. Um, definitely check that out. Uh, we watched The Man from Toronto a week ago. That was okay. If you wanna, if you want to see a Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson in a movie together, it, mm. it was fine. It was entertaining. It wasn't terrible. It was, mm. just, it was entertaining. Um, fuck. We saw that. We saw that. Ryan Cranston in oh, the, uh, that um, Benning movie, uh, Jerry March go large. Yeah. It's on Paramount Plus. Very cute movie. Very fun. Based on an actual story, an actual thing that happened. Um, checking out lottery winners in, in uh, they lived in Massachusetts.
1: They didn't live in Massachusetts, but they traveled. But they traveled in
2: Massachusetts. I can't remember, I can't remember what state was. It was it Indiana? Ohio. Ah. Uh anyway it's very good (laughs) very wholesome movie and it's just like it's one of those movies that you kick back have your like favorite soda pop whatever no i'm just kidding just like it's one of those movies you can throw out it's really fun just because like it's an interesting story and it happened to good people and like i don't think they make enough movies like that where it, it doesn't have it has just the right amount of cheese it's a perfect grilled cheese sandwich type of movie so like check it out um I know we don't use Paramount Plus very often, but it was interesting to see what they have on there. But that movie, like, listening Brian Cranston on a podcast and, and him talking about it, and it was just an interesting story. So it's one of those of, like, oh, shit, you got to check it out. Um, but that's what I've seen more recently. We haven't really watched... got into too many shows as of late. Just We just finished Stranger Things.
1: I know there's part two coming yeah, out soon. so...
2: Like, for, that that was probably the only show we, we like, stuck out to watch because everything else has just been movies um, and, like, older things in the, on Netflix, okay. not necessarily anything that's in the culture side, guys, at the moment, outside of that Jerry and Marge, go large
1: movie. All right. Now, like, what I do have, because right now with summer anime season, the series just came back for a four seasons, one more popular series. But for people that have not seen it, and right now it's four seasons just started, but I'm gonna start with people that have not seen the series, have not read the light novel that's based on, or the manga that's based on. I'm talking about Overlord. Um, Overlord itself is pretty much a action adventure fantasy supernatural. Uh, supernatural series. It's usually the themes are isekai and Via Game-esque. Um basically its rating is about R17 plus for violence and profanity. Um you can watch it dub or sub on Crunchyroll. Um Pretty much the synopsis is, the final hour of the popular virtual reality game, Igrisil has come. However, Momonga, powerful wizard and master of the dark guild, Ainzol Go, decides to spend his last few moments in the game as the servers begin to shut down. To his surprise, despite the clock having struck midnight, Momonga is still fully conscious as his character, and moreover, the non-player characters appear to have developed personalities of their own. Confronted with the abnormal situation of the fans is his loyal service to help him investigate and take control of this new world with the hopes of figuring out what has caused the development and if there may be others in the same predicament. So it's one of those like Isekai type animes. Um, Studio Madhouse worked on the first seasons of it and like I said they just definitely went a fourth season this year. Um, basically it's a guy who was a normal office worker and he was playing this video game with his buddies and they ran this guild They created their own NPCs, rewrote their code and everything, gave them commands, and he decides to stick around, be the last person to stay there logged in, they were going to shut down the servers, and then he wakes up, he's still in the same character. He's trapped, basically.
2: He's trapped in the game.
1: He's trapped in his game as his character, and he finds out all the non-player characters have their own personalities. Mm And and basically, he's afraid he has a staying character, so they're not aware. So that way they don't think that he's a player. Because now these NPCs... Who never had personalities now they're like alive yeah and, find, and then he yeah. finds out outside the guild the whole place is alive yeah. it's in the whole it's a really good story i have to re- go back and rewatch it i got the manga right now i got the digital manga i definitely want to read it the line is really good and the voice acting i've seen the dub one is really good i guys got, i gotta watch it in original japanese it's got a great opening song great closing song um, the, the characters are freaking funny as hell they got different personalities something you definitely need to check out so check out Overlord current streaming on Crunchyroll and Funimation um, definitely check it out either sub or dub I recommend that so that would do it for this episode of Talking Pop for the Culture if you so want to join us make sure to follow us on Twitter at PopCult85 check out our merch store at Threat at com. and make sure and also special thanks to our sponsors Anchor ExpressVPN, and Poddex for sponsoring us. And also, thank you to listeners like you. Thank you so
0: much. We'll see you guys again in a couple weeks. As always, geek on and take care.